Welcome to the Perspectives with Catherine Toon podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Perspectives with Catherine Toon. So today, uh, we're going to talk about how to face the ugly areas in yourself without hating yourself. Uh, and you know, this is a, um, you kind of have two ends of a ditch. You have, you have the people who basically have the ugly areas and they, um, at least it seems like they just don't care. <laughs> they're not all worried about, you know, sin. They're not all worried about hurting people. Um, they're toxic and abusive and nasty. Um, so you have that, that part of the ditch. And then you have the other side of the ditch is where people feel so condemned in the areas of, um, where they, where they truly fall short. Or maybe they're seeing areas that they're falling short that God is like, this is actually not a thing. <laughs> uh, but they're feeling, uh, condemned and, um, and, and hate themselves. And I, I personally believe because before, uh, that we were marked by love before we were marred by anything else that were created in the image and likeness of love, that even those that, um, that don't care, right? Um, I believe there's also areas of self-loathing that are deeper, uh, than what comes up. And a lot of times when you, um, how you feel about yourself, you project on others and the behavior gets worse. So, you know, in Christ, there is no condemnation, even for behavior that is loathsome. I mean, let's face it, you know, this is a level playing ground for humanity. I mean, where have we not, have we never been hypocritical or self-justifying or selfish or judging or condemning or twisted or whiny or brutal or indifferent to others' sufferings? Yada, yada, yada. I mean, this is a level playing ground for all humanity. And, um, and sometimes it's more subtle and sometimes it's more overt. But, you know, because we were created by the person of love, uh, in the image and likeness of love, to love, to be loved, because of that, wherever we violate love, um, we know it and we may bury it. We may be out of touch with it, but it's actually still there. And I, I do believe a self-loathing, a self-hatred can emerge, a self-condemnation uh, can emerge. And sometimes that makes the cruel even more cruel, right? Uh, and sometimes that just shuts people down. But, you know, the bottom line is God is about the process of conforming us into the image and likeness of Christ, right? The image and likeness of love. And that is completely impossible, <laughs> except for we're, uh, we're one with the person who is Lord over the impossible. And so the work of Holy Spirit to conform his kids and conform humanity who are his kids um, into the image and likeness of love, the image and likeness of Christ is God's job and he's masterful at his job. Now, the thing is we can either cooperate or we can fight it. And I, I do believe where we fight that process, it is a lot more painful than it needs to be. Okay. Um, and one of the reasons why we fight it is because we feel condemnation. So we fight it. We self-justify, right? 
Um, and, and so one of the ways to get you past fighting with what God is doing is to be able to see and connect with the ugly to say like, crap, that's really selfish. That's, um, cruel. That's twisted. That's judgmental. That's condemning, right? That's, uh, whiny. That's indifferent to the needs of others. That's selfish to see all those ugly things. Um, and to be able to agree like, crap, those things are there and they're not who I truly am, but man, I have ways of being where that is what it is. And to be able to get an agreement with that while not being condemned, because if, if you're condemned in it, you are literally, um, cut off at the knees from really being able to do anything about it. You are totally disempowered. That's why the enemy of our souls, however you define that him, it, whatever, uh, is about the process of condemnation. He wants to make you powerless. And in that powerlessness, we actually can yield to that spirit and become the very things we hate. And, and that's not what God has for us. But, you know, it being conformed into the image of Christ is an ongoing thing. None of us have arrived. I haven't arrived. Um, and so where we look at the areas of our dysfunction, of our false identities, of our cruelty, of our um, hardness, of our bitterness, of our whatever the ugly is, right? Um, uh, our twistedness, right? Our selfishness, where we look at that and, and not be condemned in it is where we hand it over to God as the diagnostician, because he's the ultimate physician, and say, yeah, this is a thing. This needs to be healed and apart from you, I can do nothing, but I'm not apart from you. And that's where we can receive the ministry that we need. You know, I, I'm, there have been times, um, you know, I like to think of myself as a humble person, but I've totally been prideful. And I've had some people I care about it, um, like confront me with it. And it, it felt like a slap in the face, but it actually felt felt like a slap in the face that felt actually good in a way. Why? Because like, all right, I needed to be called up short. I needed to be confronted with pridefulness. I needed to be confronted with um, something that's really true because I don't want to be that so I can be better and I can repent, right? So it, because transformation is linked with our repentance and linked by the metanoia renewal of our mind, well, being conformed into the image of Christ, transfigured into the area of Christ, means that we need to get into agreement with the Lord about things that are there that shouldn't be there, and get into agreement with things of the Lord that are there that are absolutely awesome to be there, and really develop those. Um, and as we do that, in maybe um, a more sort of um, diagnostic, objective way, I mean, it hurts to be like, you're prideful. Oh, yeah, I really am. Ow, that hurts. Um, in areas where we have sinful ways of being and ugly ways of being, where we're selfish, where we're lustful, where we're jealous and envious, where we're pointing fingers, where we're self-justified, it's not fun to look at. Um, but what is fun is pushing through that and getting and, and, and trusting in the Lord to, um, to mold you. And, you know, um, the one thing I really love about maybe the more evangelical um, streams of the body of Christ is that a lot of times I really focus on character. Ding, 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 ding. We're being conformed into the image of Christ. 
Um, one thing I really dislike about our theological um, streams is that they tend to do that in their own strength. So we're white knuckling it. So guess what? It doesn't work. And the other thing I don't like is that they tend to be condemning in it. Well, that doesn't work. It doesn't empower you to be better when you beat yourself up for not being better. Right. So, and I'm not saying to self-justify, just throw up your hands and say, well, I can't do it. So that's it. Well, that's bogus. Like you don't have a leg to stand on it because you're not apart from supernatural power, right? To be transfigured. If God is pointing out something in you that's ugly, <laughs> um, it's not because he's, it's because he loves you. It's because you're so gorgeous. He can't leave you alone to stay in fallen ways, false ways of being that are not in line with the loveliness of love. Right. So he won't leave you alone. I guarantee you he will never leave you alone. <laughs> and so that's, that's good and annoying and good <laughs> because we're all being transfigured from glory to glory to glory. What is glory? Well, glory is the essence of who God is. The essence of who God is, the full weight of who he is, um, is in the image and likeness of love, which is perfect. And so we are being perfected in that image and likeness. And I do like to say that, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, well, that we're marked by love before we're marred by anything else. So your original design is breathtaking that, you know what, the fall did not change that. <laughs> um, but what the fall did is get us into agreement with all sorts of ways of being that mar that image, but it's, but, but the image is still intact. And so a lot of it's unveiling. And a lot of it is being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Because if, if we're believing we're that, we're going to act like that. If we're believing that we're some sort of uh, perverted child molester, we're going to act out of that. If we were believing that we're some sort of brute who enjoys torturing people and murdering people, we're going to act out of that. Those are all false fallen identities, but we, we, we act from our beliefs. And a lot of these are subconscious. And so it, God's got to heal that. God's got to heal that. So why don't we act out of that? You know, the most judgmental people are the people that feel judged. And so there's something in themselves condemning themselves. And so I condemn you. Right. And so when we get when, when we're able to look at the ugly and not condemn ourselves, we're actually able to heal the ugly. It's coming up not to be condemned. It's coming up. It's being convicted or convinced because it's being healed. It's not who you are. And God will never leave you alone in less than who you are. He will take eternity, I believe. And people can disagree with me, and that's fine, uh, to conform us into the image of Christ. Okay. And, and that's an ongoing process and he's not going to leave you alone. You're too gorgeous. You're his kid. And he never leaves his kids alone. He never leaves. He, I will never leave or forsake you. I think it may say that somewhere. Right. And so in this place where being, we're being conformed in the image of Christ, what's not like that is going to be confronted. Now, interestingly, in that being conformed into the image of Christ, a lot of times, uh, we're focusing on an area that's not looking like Christ and we're just all into that and God's working somewhere else or <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. I just think this is so funny. We're looking at someone else. We're saying, Jesus, look at that. 
Confirm that! <laughs> and they're working somewhere else. You know, the bottom line is someone else's process is none of our business. Um, Jesus actually said, you know, who are we to condemn someone else's servant? In the master, but before the master, he will stand and he will cause him to stand. So it's up to the master, the one who is masterful, is causing us to stand even in the places we, where we have grievous things. You know, we do horrible things to one another as humanity. We just do. And, and we've all partaken. And just because I may not have mass murdered children, okay, doesn't make me better. It just makes me more conformed. And the only reason I'm that is because I am dependent. It's God's work in me. And I get credit for cooperating. Yeah. But I don't get credit for the work. And when we think we're better than other people because we're not that, um, you know, eventually God's going to be after that, right? Because we're all his kids. You know, as you remain in me and me in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do, let me think, let me think. Oh, nothing. Okay. So however we've arrived, it's because we're abiding in the vine. Or whatever parts that, that have arrived that look like Christ, it's because we've abided. It's God's work in us. Now, we get credit for cooperating. You really do. And it is hard work, let me just say. <laughs> so we get credit for that. Well done, that good and faithful servant. We get credit for that. Um, but we can't take credit for the design and the process because we are all dependent on God. We can't take credit in the sense that, you know what, I did that apart from, from God. Anything lovely about you is because you were created about the with the lovely one, right? And so you own it because it's who you are. Humility says what God says. So you own the good stuff and you also own the bad stuff. <laughs> and you say, Jesus, here's the bad stuff. Help me. Help me. Right? And follow where the Lord is leading. Because he is about that and he's masterful. You know, we're kind of messed up as humanities. We, we, we actually, let me think, need a savior. <laughs> and I know there are some streams in the human people. <laughs> <laughs> that have kind of gone the have sort of gone against the like condemnation sin sin nature thingy. I'll mention that in a second. So just pause the button on the sin nature, um, and it basically say you know we don't sin. Well, that's completely bogus. Like, have you smelled the world lately? Have you smelled yourself lately? Yes, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and none of us have arrived right. And so, just saying that there is no sin is seriously like delusional. Okay, love my brothers and sisters who are saying that probably because they're reacting to, to religion that condemns them. Okay, now with that, let me speak about the sinful nature. Um, so Jesus actually did something on that cross, right? So it, it says in the word that we're baptized into his death and raised a new creature. Okay, so so which means if we're baptized in his death, the old man has died. That's the sinful nature. And the new new man was resurrected. That's who we are in the likeness of God. That's our original design. So we do not have a sin nature, um, but sometimes we act sinful. Okay, how we act sinful. And a lot of people define sin as um, a, a mistaken identity, which I think is actually really good. Because if we have a mistaken identity, we will operate out of the mistaken identity and our behavior will suck. 
And so as we connect with who we are, created in the image and likeness of God of, with original innocence, we will act more and more and more and more righteous. Jesus actually did something on that cross, I, I do believe, to the human condition uh, and dove into the human condition in every place we act depraved, even though our nature is not depraved. Now, this issue where we still sin, of course we still sin because we don't know who we are. <laughs> and if you think you have a sinful nature, um, it's going to it's going to condemn you so that you're fighting, you're shadow boxing a nature that's not there. And that will disempower you to be the righteousness of God that actually God has made you. OK, so this is not in and of ourselves. No, we can do nothing apart from ourselves. Let's get that settled. But in the place where we can do nothing in and of ourselves, uh, we're not in and of ourselves. We're one with the person who loved us and gave himself up for us and chose us before the foundation of the world that we should be united to him. That's Ephesians 1, 4. And so um, in that place, we can walk out the unveiling of who we are. It's the transfiguration of the sons and daughters of God right? The transformation, right? Creation's groaning. Why? Because we've co committed violence against one another, which we are creation, and violence against nature, which is creation, right? We've committed violence because we don't know that we are sons and daughters of God. And, and, and so we operate in violent ways. And then we self-justify and we think, well, you know, uh, they committed, committed violence against us against us. I got to commit violence against them. And, you know, it's crazy. And so we, you do not overcome evil by evil. You overcome evil with good. And that is a really supernatural thing. Let me just be clear. Like if someone messed with my kids, I really can't say that I, someone would not have to restrain me. <laughs> Okay. I'm a, you know what I mean? I'm just saying I'm, I, I have a human heart. And it's like, don't mess with my kids. Right. Um, and so that God would, I mean, I would really be needing, needing to lean into the supernatural nature of God to keep me from doing evil in response to evil. Okay. Um, I would, that would like help me Jesus. Right. Um, but in that place, we're called to do that. We are called to do that. And this is why we forgive our enemies. He didn't just say forgive, you know, um, people who didn't know better, but the people with intent to harm, forgive those people, right? Well, dang, Jesus. Well, yeah, that's how you overcome evil with good. And so this is part of us conforming, being conformed in the image of God. And I really do believe, you know, when Jesus was on that cross and he said, forgive them for they do not, not know what they do. Okay. Well, they intentionally were crucifying him. So it's not like they didn't know. They were intentionally trying to destroy him. They were intentionally trying to humiliate. And, you know, it, I mean, it was intentional. So he was not talking about that. But behind the intention, they did not know what they were doing. In other words, um, our fallenness, the depravity of how we act, the depravity of the evil things. We, we really do not know what we're doing, even if we're intentionally trying to be evil. Like I'm going to choose evil. I'm going to partner with the devil, quote unquote, and I'm going to choose it. Well, that's a choice. And you know what you're doing in the choice, but you don't know what you're doing behind the choice. What is driving that. See, there's things in ourselves we don't know. And I'm not saying that's, um, that's a fallen nature, 
but it's the fallenness in the midst of how we've been constructed. And God is after that to heal it, to heal it. So, you know, ultimately our enemies are not our enemies. Ultimately, God has no enemies. I know there's people that set himself against him, but he doesn't count them as enemies. Okay. Cause they don't know what they do. They do. Right. So, um, and so these are, these are in and of our human limitation. Um, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're not able to see all of it, but you know what, in our human limitation, in the weakness of our frame, in the, in our, in the place where we we're, we're, we don't have a leg to stand on when we judge other people. Now you can judge fruit. Yeah, of course, murder is evil. Let's not do that. Okay. You know, murdering babies is evil. Torturing people is evil. Racism is evil. All the isms are evil. Okay. All of that. Okay. We understand that. Okay. But people, we got to be careful because we don't, we're not, we're not God. We don't know the inner parts of their heart. And when people have sinned against us in their behavior, you know what? It's, 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 um, it's not okay. By the way, we're not saying forgiveness does not mean it's okay. Forgiveness just means they can't pay me back for what they took from me. So where we're being conformed into the image of Christ and where we're seeing these kind of evil kind of evil things operating through us and our mindsets and our behavior, um, uh, learning, hating ourselves in the midst of that is completely unproductive. And you know, God doesn't hate you in the midst of it. Take your, your, the most evil, twisted, perverted, intentional thing that you've done, right? Shameful, all of that. The worst thing, God is, loves you in the midst of that. Why? Because that's what's unconditional love. It's love without conditions. And you know, when you engage with God in the midst of that and he, he loves you even in that part, um, that you do the thing you don't want to do and you don't do the thing you want to do that. Okay. Um, and you're loved in that part. That's when you encounter God who really is love because if he doesn't love you in that part, he doesn't love you because it's called unconditional love. Right. And so, so what's our response? Do we loathe ourselves in the midst of that? Well, that's not helpful. That's not helpful. Now you may need healing in your self-loathing. I get it. Oh my God. I, I, I lived and breathed it, but, um, but I have learned, um, that loving yourself in the midst of your inability to do good in that place, in that broken place, it's brokenness. Do you loathe brokenness? Or do you see it for what it is and the damage that it's inflicting to yourself and others? And you say, God, apart from you, I can do nothing. Help me here. And you kind of can see it diagnostically and then let God heal it while not making excuses for it, not giving yourself a pass, but bringing it to the light so that it can be healed. See, the bottom line is the process in someone else is actually none of you're in my business. <laughs> uh, right. And some of us have been like, are all into what needs to be happening in everyone else. And it's really none of our business because before God, everyone else, you're, you're the servant to the master. You will stand before the master and what the master is none of our business. Okay. But we've got enough in and of ourselves to occupy. It's a full-time job to occupy that. And bringing the ugly into the light and saying, you know what? I don't hate myself. I don't loathe myself in the process. I, you know, let me say all the ugly ways of being that you've learned. 
you probably had some honest reasons for them. All your ugly, crappy choices that you chose. Like, I'm going with it. Okay. <laughs> um, um, there's some honest things behind it. Was it a good choice? No. Was it a justifiable choice? No. But, but there were some honest things behind it and you made a bad choice. And so in our forgiving our enemies, oh my goodness, we need to forgive ourselves. I'm not saying give us a pass. I'm saying in the midst of it, we forgive ourselves so that we can receive the healing. Because if you're busy condemning yourself and loathing yourself and hating yourself, you will not receive healing because there's that part of you saying, I'm not worthy. Um, and God, that's not what God's saying, right? Um, are we saying, did the behavior merit earn something? No, the behavior is forgiven. Listen, you don't pay for something that you forgive. Let me just say that again. You don't pay for something that you forgive, right? So if I'm forgiven a, a, a loan at the bank, a debt that I owe the bank, well, they can't say, well, you owe me. No, it's forgiven. And you see, this is really true with God too. If, if he's forgiven our sins is from the east is to the west. I think it may say that somewhere. <laughs> if, if love keeps no records of wrongs. Now, he's not saying there's not wrong. He's just not keeping records because why you don't keep records on what you've forgiven, right? Okay. And so with you in forgiving yourself, you're saying this is a thing. This needs healing. I, I am responsible for this. I am owning it. It's not who I am, but I'm owning it, but I'm forgiving it. And you give it to God because, you know, let's say it is a supernatural thing to be conformed into the image of Christ. And in the ugly kind of depraved ways of being, not nature, but ways of being that we've learned and the programs that we have, those are to be healed not to be condemned. And so what some of our, um, some of our, uh, um, uh, defense mechanisms, thank you, I was trying to think of the word, defense, defense mechanisms that we have is that if I can point the finger at you, I don't have to deal with the crap in me. And we're seeing a lot of this in areas of guilt. Like if I feel guilty for something, and, um, uh, and I can't forgive myself. I won't forgive myself. I won't own it and forgive at the same time. It's a double, double thing. Um, then one of, one of my defense mechanisms is I just, um, uh, scream it out and condemn other people. And we've seen this. We've seen this in areas. I mean, we've had leaders who were like condemning, like condemning, condemning, condemning. Um, homosexuality and yet were struggling with homosexuality themselves. And so that was more a thing of I'm, I am externally condemning what I'm internally struggling with. Okay. I'm just using that as an example, but there's five gazillion examples of it. And so this, every time we're pointing the finger, you know, you've heard it every time you point the finger, you've got many pointing back at you. Well, the bottom line is, guess who's the accuser? God is not the accuser. So all these fingers that are pointing in all these directions, okay, are not God because God's not the accuser of the brethren. He's not the accuser. 
Okay. We're not supposed to be accusing one another. He is a convictor. And what is he convicting? He's convincing us or convicting us of righteousness. So what does that look like? That looks like you're righteous. You're holy. As I am, so are you in this world because of what I did, not, not because of what you did for yourself. You know, the, the, when I say one of the things I dislike in the evangelical stream is that they're so busy striving to clean up themselves that they're not letting God and condemning themselves and white knuckling it that you end up being, um, condemning and you end up exhausted and you end up powerless and, and then you end up hypocritical. And it's just not the way to go. But where you say, God, it's all here. My character, yeah, it's a problem. Houston, we have a problem. But I'm not going to squeak out the fruit of the Spirit. I'm not going to memorize enough scripture. And please memorize scripture so that I can minister to you. But it's not this formula. If I stuff it into my subconscious, that somehow it's going to magically work. Ask me how I know. Oh, my God. I, I used to spend like an hour and a half, two hours a day stuffing in scripture. And it was great until it wasn't <laughs> because it wasn't producing fruit. After a while, I, I I made the thing that was supposed to be life to me a law. And then I was condemned and then I was exhausted. And I kept on doing it and wondered why the word felt like eating sand. Okay. Because I was abusing it. I was abusing it, right? It, it wasn't life because the spirit wasn't leading that way. The sons of God, the daughters of God are led by the spirit of God. So where we're white knuckling it and condemning ourselves, we'll end up condemning others. This is not the way to go. Now, character matters. It's really important. What you do matters. How you do it matters. The ends do not justify the means. All of that. This is what's being conformed into the image of Christ. But that's not saying that you have a sin nature that you're trying to beat back every day. That's saying you have, you have a, I'm sorry, I'm just, someone's going to stone me for this. Divine nature, well, let me just ask, just let's pause for a second before we freak out. Nobody freak. Okay. Um, where as he is, so are we in this world. Well, what does that mean? If you're in the image and likeness of God, what do you think? You're in the image and likeness of God. And so we're not big G God, but we are little G gods. Don't hurt me. But it's, I mean, it's what scripture says. When, when, when Jesus said that, you know what? He was quoting from the Old Testament, and he was not apologizing for it. This would have been the time to correct it if we were acting all new age and whatever. I am not a God in and of myself. Apart from him, I can do no thing. There's not one thing. But that doesn't mean I'm not of his essence. I'm his daughter. I'm his daughter. Yay. And so, but it's in that place we're being conformed, that glory in us, that God, understand we're not a source in and of ourselves. Okay, that is heresy. Okay. We're not a source. Apart from him, we can do nothing, but we are a conduit and we are of his image and likeness. We are of his nature. I'm not part of the Trinity, but I'm in the midst and one with the Trinity. And because of that, I do have a divine essence. I have a spirit that's divine, but I am needing conformity because I've got a jacked up mind. I've got a body that's got issues and all of that. God is conforming, conforming, and it's his work in us. See, we can't boast in that, but we also, uh, I also feel it's just as wrong to say it's not a thing, right? You can't boast in it, take credit for it, but I also think it's wrong to, um, uh, to, uh, to not own it, right? If we're being transfigured into the image of Christ, transformed into the image and likeness of Christ, that's going to look like something divine, something eternal, 
right? But apart from him, we can do nothing. So you do it in this area of humility. What does humility say? Humility says, um, I'm everything that God says I am. I'm no more, I'm more or less. And so when I've got this issue going on, that doesn't look like um, original innocence. That doesn't look like um, the image and like to say, well, that thing's got to go. It's ugly. It's sinful. Okay. Um, it's got to go. It's got to be conformed. But these areas that are actually tracking with God, my original design, those things are needing to be developed. Those things are needing to be unveiled. And so we get it all and we're completely dependent upon the one who created us. Okay. So you're not big G God because you didn't create yourself. You're not big G God because you don't have the authority he has. He's given you his authority in your Metron, but your Metron is not the universe. Okay. So if I speak to a new star system out, I mean, who knows, maybe God will give me grace to do that, but probably it's not going to do a whole lot. Why? Because that's not what my authority reaches. Right. Um, and so, um, so we're in this process of conformity and in the process of conformity, we need to give ourselves the space to actually have a problem and not loathe ourselves in the problem, not hate ourselves in the problem. This is completely counterproductive. So if there's self-hatred, self-loathing that's going on, that needs to be healed. Why? Because you don't loathe what God loves. That's good. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you do not loathe what God loves. And he loves you in the midst of all, everything you got going on, all the things you that are not justifiable, that can't stand before a God who is a consuming fire, who will consume everything that's not of love's kind, right? So, right? So, so, um, so we, some of us need to repent of loathing, of self-loathing. Uh, some of us need to repent of self-hatred. Now that's not beating yourself up, for self-loathing. Don't loathe yourself for self-loathing. Okay. <laughs> Don't hate yourself for self-hate, hating. Do not hate what God loves. Do not loathe what God loves. Right. But we do need to repent. Why? Because love is patient. Love is kind. You know, there's a reason why love is patient because we require patience to be healed in the image and likeness of love. Okay. It requires patience. And so God is patient. And so ding to ding, ding, you can be patient. It's part of the fruit of his spirit. So as you buy with God, you're going to be patient in your process. You're going to be patient with all the ugly things in yourself while not excusing that. But you've got this tension because you don't excuse it. You don't hide it. You don't project under other people so they don't look at you, right? So you don't have to look at yourself. No, you own it. Here it is. It's all ugly. Apart from you, I can do nothing, but I'm not apart from you. So I need to own this and partner with you to cooperate in what you're doing in me to produce your character, right? And not loathe my, and love myself in the process. You do that because you love yourself, right? Because we love what God loves, right? He said to hate what is evil, cling to what is good. And then he said to love one another. So I guess we're not evil, right? We're talking about original design, okay? Um, so we're not, we don't hate one another. We don't have a leg to stand on with that. And if you're feeling hatred, let it come up. 
bring it before the Lord, all of that. That's where the, that forgiveness process, and that works for you too, where you need to forgive. You know, these are all things that require dependency. We are completely dependent on a God who's wild about us, right? And it's in that dependency that you can actually relax because apart from him, I can do nothing, but I'm not apart from him. And he's Lord of the impossible. So God, what can I do in partnering with you to bring out the fullness of who you created me to be before the foundation of the world? Well, that's going to require looking at some ugly things and just being like, it's in the light of day. Here it is. Hypocrite. with all the different stuff there, right? Just bring it out. You know, and let me just say this. You don't have to always do this publicly. Okay. Because uh, there's a verse that says love covers a multitude of sins. Okay. That doesn't mean he sweeps them under the carpet. That means in the process where he's dealing with you with something really ugly and maybe um, shameful, maybe humiliating, maybe whatever that is. Okay. Well, you know what? He's not there to expose you, to humiliate you. Now, sometimes he will expose stuff, but we're running away from stuff. You know, ultimately he will expose it. But if we expose, allow him to expose to ourselves, he does, this doesn't have to be a public thing. Okay. When we run away, sometimes it is public and that's hard. That is a gross way to go. And if that's what needs to happen, it will happen. But it's not, I don't think it has to happen that way. That's where we run, where we're running from what God does. But, but, you know, what God is doing, he will cover if you're cooperating. Right. Um, that's what I'm saying. Other people's stuff is really none of our business. And very much we're, we're all into what they should be doing in other people because it's so ugly. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's very, yeah, it's there. Yeah. And so releasing people to God as you release and trust yourself to God, it's all about dependency on God to conform us into the image of Christ and being, being mindful, uh, to be loving and kind to yourself in the midst of looking at ugly, ugly things and loving and kind to other people in the midst of their ugly things, right? See, God is orchestrating it all. I, he is redeeming all things to himself and he's masterful at it. It's just that it doesn't always look the way we think God will look. And, um, and it's an ongoing, ongoing, ongoing process because how lovely is Christ? How lovely is God, right? How lovely? Well, that's the standard that he's conforming you to. So it's, you know, it's supernatural, right? You know, it's supernatural. And as you yield, it's easier when you yield. If you fight against it, it's really hard. Yeah. Anyway, I hope this has been um, uh, helpful for you today. I know this has been kind of a confusing issue. There's a the, the, the reason why it's confusing is that there's two ditches. You can go to the area of self-loathing and then you can go to the area of like being sort of narcissistic and it's everyone else's. And, you know, those are both ditches, right? And he wants us right in the middle where he's helping us conform into his image. Uh, and that is God masterful in his job. Anyway, I hope this has been a blessing for you today. I know I've brought up a lot of maybe, you know, challenging things. Um, I'm happy to be wrong. <laughs> um, uh, and all of that. Um, uh, but I'm not going to argue with you. Um, but I'm happy. But if you got some stuff, definitely bring it up, right? And engaging. We all get to be better. We are. Our iron can sharpen iron. Anyway, I love you guys. Appreciate you. Appreciate how gorgeous you are. Have an amazing day. Bye. 
Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.